0: everyone. This is Stacy, your host on Tent Talks podcast. And we've got Kimberly Memet on sound production and editing. Thank you for all your hard work and behind the scenes making the podcast sound great. Today, we have a very special episode. I want to talk about energy work. And I want to talk about it because it's one of these like kind of vague blanket descriptors, like what is energy work? What does that mean? And I have it listed on my menu of services. And I think people don't know what it means, and they don't know what they're getting into. And it's not meant to be that way. It's just that, like with anything else, there are different mediums within the blanket of energy work, whether that's craniosacral therapy, it could be acupressure, it could be Reiki, quantum touch. There's so many different modalities and People are using energy work as a blanket statement to describe like the type of session that it would be, but there's so many possible mediums within that. It's like saying, I'm an artist. Oh, okay, well, what do you do? Do you paint? Do you do digital media? Are you into music? It's such a big term, and it can feel kind of overwhelming or also intimidating knowing what that even is. So... Number one, I just want to do a little bit of anatomy because I think it's important to know your body. Our bodies are very influenced by vibration, by magnetism, and light, like spectrums on the light. So like sound vibrations, light vibrations, magnetism, like poles and barometric pressure, things that are going on in our world, our body is very tuned to that. And that's because our heart emits a very strong electrical current, and our brain also has charge in it. And so When you get like an EKG or when you get scans and they scan with like radiation and heat sensors, there's a lot of ways that our modern technology can pick up on this information. But most energy work originated years and years and years ago, like we're talking 3000 BC or 5000 BC, because we have Record of what that looks like in both traditional Chinese medicine in our Vedic. There's so much record with indigenous peoples and tribes through stories that they tell. There's a lot of record of people doing energy work because what it is that they're influencing is vibration, frequency, magnetism, charge in the body. And it's subtle energy, and it's moving, feeling, sensing. Some people can even see visually what's going on. But until we have enough medical equipment that can validate it for people, a lot of people think, oh, that doesn't exist, or oh, that's not real. But it just depends in the context of which you believe it, because you do, because it's actually like a law of the universe that your body is made out of energy and organized beyond that. So like, you know it, you just need to know it in the context that you believe it and that you have evidence of it. And that's kind of something that is hard to explain to people. I love to give this example because in my neighborhood growing up, there was literally an electric fence, but it would be like everybody would be holding hands and then the one person nearest the fence would touch it and the electrical current would go through all the people. And you could feel it even if you were at the end of the row, you could feel that electrical current. And so like we we all know these things, but we, again, We weren't raised. It's not a big part of our culture. And also, there's not a lot of specific modalities that we really talk about regularly that explain energy work. And so it kind of got pushed aside as something like weird or on the fringe But it's actually just very normal and very scientifically based. And if that feels like a stretch for you, it's very much a part of our human existence and part of our humanity. And the records that we've been keeping is actually finding illness, detecting illness, uh, healing people through energy and these like sort of invisible to most people's naked eye sensations. And it's because of the brain and the heart and their electrical currents that are running through them. And the hearts, by the way, is much stronger than the brain's by like a landslide. And so that's also interesting information. So most healers, most energy workers that I know have a specific template that they've either learned, a course they've taken, something that is in alignment with like their sensitivities or how they're able to collect data or read patterns in people. And so for me, a lot of that comes through visually. I can see certain things, certain congestion in the body, but I can also feel it with my hands because I can feel heat I can feel sort of like pulses, I would describe it, like a heartbeat, but also like several different pulses that might feel more buzzy. And I can feel things in that sensation way. And so if somebody were to come to me for energy work specifically, what that appointment would look like is we would talk about what your needs are, what maybe you're experiencing on a physical, emotional level. Because the thing about energy work is, is sometimes it just calms your nervous system down and that's enough for you to re-regulate. So you can actually just come in if you've had a traumatic experience, if you're upset, if you're really anxious or depressed, you don't have to have necessarily like a physical ailment, I broke my ankle or, you know, something like that. It's really the work of getting curious with yourself and getting to know yourself. So I first start out the session by kind of getting to know what it is that somebody is struggling with or what their expectations are. And then from there, I typically do a hands-on session where I will just lay my hands on certain parts of their body and I'll just be listening and I'll be paying attention to breathing And when I notice or experience change or pressure, then I'll know when to move my hands. But some people have very specific like protocols that they're doing, especially if you're going to someone that's doing like acupuncture or acupressure or cranial sacral. There's very like intentional ways in which you're cradling a body or listening for cranial sacral fluid So there's several things for me specifically as a practitioner, I'm just going based on what I can recognize as energy and change and shift in the body. And like even experiencing somebody's muscles go from contraction and tension to relaxation. That's a change that I'm listening for and I'm waiting. And sometimes it's just connecting the breath. And sometimes it's connecting to that muscle, making sure that the brain can connect with the body like this right here down here on your back is tight. Can you feel that? Can you isolate that muscle? Can your brain find my hand? Because there are some people that are so disconnected from their body that I can be touching their body and they're not even paying attention or can feel where my hand is touching them it takes a lot of slowness and very intentional attention to make those connections. And so like one thing that I discovered with a client this week is she was like, I can't really isolate a muscle unless I press against you and then relax. And then I'll know exactly like where on my body it is that I'm trying to let go of the tension. And I thought, Oh, that's such a great hack or shortcut or tip trick to tell people that sometimes you just need to press against something. You could even do this against a wall, but it's great if you're doing it against a hand or another human so they can also give you feedback, but leaning in and then relaxing to try to isolate different muscle groups in your body and places where there is pain or tension or both. So essentially, I have my hands and my listening and my watching for breath, and I'm using all those things. But I also have a lot of other tools that I use, and one of them is sound. I have a Tibetan bowl. I have a bell, a chime. I have moxibustion, which is compressed mugwort and it's a traditional Chinese medicine technique where you increase heat to an area, but also the mugwort, it's burning and there's a smell and that connects your conscious brain to your subconscious brain. It connects your brain to your body so that you can figure out, at least on a subconscious level, where you need to send like those helper receptors and calm those areas down through your nerves. I use sound, I use smoke, I even use stones, I have crystals and I have stones. And even just the experience of having again, something weighted on the body, if we take out any metaphysical significance to stones and rocks, which of course, I do believe they have a whole bunch of information and recorded vibration that they're running. So I totally believe in using stones for healing. But if I didn't, even the fact of having something weighted on a body to bring attention there is so comforting for people or to have something to hold on to, it gives the sense of groundedness, which is what I'm trying to do with energy work. I'm trying to help people get into their body and start making connection with their body, connecting their brain and body so that they can be moving together. Other things that I use for energy work is aromatherapy in the form of essential oils, not just smoke. I have people smell things. I might have something in the room. I might ask if I can use that essential oil in their session. Of course, being diluted in a carrier oil, but there are so many things that people are using for energy work that it can kind of be intimidating to know what to expect. And so, after I go through the body and I use a very, you know, whatever the session calls for, it could be any of those tools that I mentioned before, it could be a combination of some of them, it could be just one. After I go through the body and kind of feel and make patterns and associations, We end the session and then we talk about it and I say, okay, I noticed here in this part of your body, I noticed some tension or I noticed a temperature change or I noticed resistance, hesitation, or I noticed that it was really hard for you to breathe during this area. And so I'll kind of reflect back to somebody and we can talk through because it also validates the other person's experience. And people can do a lot with energy work. Like some people, that's their form of actual medical care. They're treating illness and disease. I know that's not really in our culture or in our medical model, but that doesn't take away what it's doing for people in other countries or generation of healers who are curing their tribes or their village, their family members with these modalities. Like, I know that there will be a pushback in saying that energy work is some people's medical model of care. But I just want to point that out because it is effective. And even if it's only effective in the way that I'm co-regulating with somebody and I'm helping them connect into their body, that's effective enough. That's enough proof, motivation, evidence that I need to continue to offer energy work. Because there are so many people who cannot get massage, it's contraindicated for. So people who are going through chemotherapy, any kind of cancer diagnosis, that's something that I can't touch with massage. Anybody with a skin rash or irritant or somebody that is in a fresh wound space where they have open cuts. I can't really do much other than help touch that area, bring attention and awareness, and then it signals to the brain that they can send that fresh blood supply there. So there's healing that's happening even just by having somebody touch an area or bring sensation and having your brain connect into that sensation. And I think that's really important to remember because there are a lot of people who cannot get massage for whatever reason. Maybe they have a lot of really chronic pain or nerve pain. That's when we're working with energy work. So if you've ever wanted to try energy, if you've ever wanted to experience it, I think going with an open mind and an open heart is really important because if you go into a session, and you're going with bias that you know is really present, or you're going with a lot of defensiveness or suspicion, I don't really think you're going to get a lot out of the session. And it's not because it's not working. It's because you're blocking the experience from happening. Because part of it is your participation in being present and Feeling what's going on inside of your body so that when somebody else reflects it back to you, you can have that witness and that experience. I think going into energy work, another really important thing to remember is that you're your own authority in your body. Nobody can tell you anything about your life experience, your lived experience. Like you are the authority of your body and you ultimately have control. And if there's ever a situation where you feel like somebody said something that was inaccurate, take it with a grain of salt. Don't believe it. Nobody has more authority than you over your body. If you're ever in a situation where there's a power shift or something feels really uncomfortable, end the session immediately. That's okay to do, but I think from my experience, most people who are Doing energy work are just working through their own personal lens. And so that is why I keep working on my own healing, because I want to remove barriers for which I'm not able to see compassion or to see another narrative. I'm constantly working on my own dysregulation or my own trauma triggers, all of those things, because I can't possibly hold space for somebody if I haven't done that for myself first. And that's kind of the whole point of, honestly, not the whole point, but a big part of this podcast is I want to hear more stories. I want to share more stories. I want to speak the experience of what it's like to go through the process of getting to know yourself and getting to know your body and regulating yourself and feeling more empowered in yourself. Because as a provider, I feel a very strong pull. It's part of my integrity of my work to be as clear as I can be when I meet somebody because I don't want my own unattended biases or uncovered trauma to get into the way of me holding space for somebody, of me validating somebody, of me being able to help somebody. And I can only see the world through my lens. But what I can do with that information is I can expand all the time. I can keep making space to see things again and again through other people's experiences without my own defense getting in the way of that or my own limitation. So when I don't understand something, instead of just pretending I know it, I can say, oh, I'm not quite sure I understand what you mean. And then again, we can make more progress in the way of being honest as a provider and also expanding my lens so that I can be more inclusive in the work that I can offer to people. In some energy work can seem really vague, like someone saying, I'm an artist. And that's when you can get curious and ask questions. I do energy work. And here's exactly what that means. I listen to people's bodies And I listen to subtleties of muscle tension, of breathing patterns, of vibrations that I feel and I see through my hands or my physical eyes. And I try to help create a change or a clearing so that things can run smooth without big roadblocks or without blockages, because the body will just reroute a pathway if there's a block in the way. And you've noticed that with like You know, swelling, all of a sudden something will swell and your body's just created that new area of protection. That's sort of what happens with energy work, but that's happening on a subtle, energetic place in your body. And that's what energy work is to me. It's very embodied. It's not something that I offer to help people escape. It's something that I offer to help people get more in their body and to have more brain body connection and presence in their life. And it's also a great alternative for anybody who cannot receive massage either through distance because energy work is something you can do from afar. It's not necessarily one of my strengths, but I can do it. It's just kind of like when you study the rules of physics, of course, energy can be shifted from a distance because that doesn't really matter in context of energy is space. So, If massage is not available to you and you still want connection, you still want to receive help through your body, energy work is a great option. You can do it in person, which is my preference. You can do it at a distance, which is an option. And it's a really great option if, especially like during COVID, I started opening up to do distant healing with energy work. And I learned a lot from it. And I think I was able to harness my capacity to listen from a distance and tune in to somebody and really listen to them carefully through conversation and help them with other skills. So if this sounds like something that's interesting to you, and you have someone in mind that you've been wanting to check out, ask them questions, reach out find out if it feels compatible and of course if you're in this area and you'd like a session reach out i'd love to help you and if you're from afar and distance and want to try that also i'd love to help you with that it's something that i'm learning but i do have capacity there and i think it's important to at least have a conversation that something like that is possible and it might just have never been introduced to you, or it may have just felt really vague of, I don't know what this thing is. And it seems a little underground or a little on the fringe. It's, it's not. It's actually really normal. And it actually follows all of the rules of science. We just have to put it in a context for which you can understand it. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your attention. And we will see you next time on Tent Talks Podcast.